Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Gulbranson. Welcome back live from the Raiders headquarters out in Henderson, Nevada. This is Silver and Black Today, only here on Raider Nation Radio. Scott Branson with you. Joining me today is my co-host, the host of the Just Pod Baby podcast, which you can subscribe to anywhere. That is Mr. Evan Grote. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, Had a nice day with the weather yesterday. Got up to 56 degrees here, kind of out of nowhere, but we're back down in the mid-20s today, so (laughs) that's how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, this time of the year, um, that's that's remarkable. 56 degrees. And we just talked to you last week, and it was was cold, right? You you said it got into the 20s or something, and you were excited about that. So 56 degrees in New York, upstate New York, is is pretty good. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's heating up in the NFL. Evan, right? Today, uh, we have a, a big news. A big news item came out this morning, and the first person to text me about it, since he's three hours ahead of me, was Evan, <laughs> as a matter of fact. But of course, the Russell Wilson story uh, that broke this morning from The Athletic uh, about Russell Wilson saying that, hey, here's some teams that I would be willing to accept a trade to. He has not requested a trade, by the way. That's that's one thing we want to make perfectly clear here as we report about this is that Russell Wilson has not said trade me or else like Deshaun Watson did today. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But Russell Wilson named off some teams. Uh, oh, by the way, I have to say today's show, as always, powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Call them anytime. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Make sure you also, if you want to be part of the show, we got lots to talk about today. I know you have lots of opinion. I'm getting a lot of a lot of irritated people on Twitter at me uh, because of stories I've been tweeting about Russell Wilson. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, but you can call in 702-365-9200. Don't, behind, don't hide behind anonymous Twitter accounts. Get on the air and tell me what you think, 702-365-9200. But the Russell Wilson story, um, and by the way, one of the there was three authors of that story up on The Athletic. Uh, one of those authors is Mike Sanda, who we've had here on the show several times. Mike is also on the board of the Pro Football Writers of America, which I am a member of, uh, but along with Michael Sean Duger and Jason and Jenks. He wrote this story. He will be our guest at the top of the next hour. So the man who was involved with this story that has kind of caught the entire league on fire today as far as conversation goes, um, that he will be our guest at three o'clock. So you can hear right from him uh, a little bit more about the Russell Wilson story. Uh, And then also, Evan, at 2.30, our good friend Alan Pupar from All Dolphins, he's the publisher of All Dolphins, part of the SI.com network of websites that cover the NFL. He's going to be with us, too, because the Dolphins were named, the Dolphins, Saints, Bears, Raiders were named as, as teams that Russell Wilson said he would agree to trades with. Okay, so that's where we're at. <clears throat> that does not mean he's going to be traded to any of those teams, by the way. But that's the point of discussion. So we're going to talk to Alan Pupar about the Dolphins, because actually, Evan, that's the one thing I'm going to start with right now. And I'd love to hear uh, callers as, as well. Uh, 702-365-9200. But I, I was having every Monday night. And I won't say where because I don't want any weirdos following me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, every Monday night, every Monday night, I meet my good friend Phil, who, by the way, is the world's biggest Seahawks fan. He's from Seattle. He grew up in Seattle, right? So we go, we meet and have a cigar on Monday nights. And we were talking about Russell Wilson and the possibility of him trading because the conversation around Russell Wilson possibly wanting out of Seattle kind of subsided a little bit. It was really hot and heavy around the Super Bowl, and then it kind of subsided. So we just started bringing it up, and we both agreed that we thought the one location that made perfect sense for him and a team who had the room, the draft capital, all that stuff was Miami, right? The Dolphins, yes, they have Tua, but to me – 
if you can get a guy like Russell Wilson, uh, who's a proven veteran franchise quarterback, versus a guy who's developing and I think still will be a franchise quarterback, you go for that guy for the reasons I talked about yesterday on this show, which was the pressure on GMs, quarterbacks, and coaches in the NFL is higher than ever to win right away. So it was just so crazy that then all of a sudden this story breaks today with Miami. So we're going to talk to Alan about that too and why it might be a good fit. But Evan, you know, you, we, we started tweeting this story out earlier today. And, and, and having discussions about it online, you and I, um, and what I get back is, shut up with this narrative. Every year, Derek Carr, it's like, this has nothing to do with Derek Carr. It has nothing to do with Derek Carr. He said that he would approve a trade to the Raiders. That does not mean I said they should trade for him. That does not mean he wants to be traded to the Raiders. That does not mean anyone's saying that's going to happen. Settle down, folks. Settle down. I don't know if it's too much sugar in our diets or what, Evan. It, you know, people are too sensitive. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. People are too sensitive out there, and they're overly defensive of Derek Carr. I mean, again, I like Carr too. I'm a I I I'm, I'm kind of middle of the road with Carr. I'm not a, I'm not a stan as they call them, but I'm also not a <laughs> hater. I feel that I'm pretty fair with him. But anyone who is getting um, uh, upset about you tweeting out uh, a report. I'm sorry, you're being overly sensitive. Uh, as you mentioned, Russell Wilson is is simply just talking about teams that he would be willing to go play for. And to be honest, I, I thought that was flattering as a Raiders fan. Yes, uh, that hasn't been you know lighting the league on fire the last couple of years. To think that a player of his caliber would actually want to come play for the Raiders, I thought that was flattering. So I actually thought it was an exciting thing that you know what maybe John Gruden was right a couple of years ago when he said there's players around the league that want to come to. The the Raiders. So I looked at it at a different way than, than some fans. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny. I was talking to somebody from, uh, who works for an NFL team er, earlier today. And, um, he said, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm like, wow. Okay. So in the conversation that I've been had in, as far as being traded, even though the likelihood of that happening is, is pretty slim. Uh, it's been Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson, and now Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, again, I'm not saying that if you're Derek Carr, you're happy that anybody's talking about you other than the fact that you're coming back to the Raiders and you're going to win with the Raiders. But to the point, to your point, which is this isn't like they're talking about trading and and bringing in Kirk Cousins. You know, this isn't like they're talking about some quarterback who's clearly not as talented and not as accomplished as Derek Carr. So so that's it. But but the whole point is. That whatever the reason, and I know there's a lot of political uh, and and public relations shenanigans happening between Russell Wilson and the, and the Seahawks. This is a struggle, and this is what Mike will talk about next hour. This is a struggle for power and control within the Seattle organization between the head coach, the quarterback, and maybe the GM, and and the quarterback wanting more control, more more say in not only personnel, but what happens on the field too. Okay, so so that's the dynamic. But the fact that Russell Wilson has, he's one of eight players in the league, eight, eight, that have a no trade clause. Okay, so he puts, he basically can dictate everything. If he's going to be traded, which I still don't think he will be, but if he was going to be traded, he picked his destinations. He gave them a list of teams that he's willing to go to. And the Raiders were one of them. A team that has not been, has been in the playoffs once since 2002. Okay? That is a story, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? That is a good story if you're a Raider fan, by the way, that a guy with that much ability, that much accomplishment, he's looking at going to his next spot if it happens. And he put your team on the list. So I'm, tr- I'm, I'm having trouble finding the negative there. Again, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I was texting with a, a big Raider fan season ticket holder today, and I was arguing with him because he thought, oh, it could happen. I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And um, we disagreed on it, right? So, so my point, though, is, Evan, if you're a Raider fan, it's not a bad thing. It's not that if people are advocating for it, that's one thing. Then you can argue the merits. Fine. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. Knock yourself out. Okay? But, you know, you have kooks out there who think that talking about it is a bad thing and that if you talk about it, somehow you're into clickbait and you're just – No. It's a story. And I'm sorry, but if you've never worked in the media, how do you know what a story is? Nonetheless, that I, I mean, I'm on my, soap, my soapbox, too. I'm ripping off the Band-Aid, Evan. But 
I don't understand how people don't think that this is a story. Well, you know, they sometimes Scott, the fans just they need to hear it. I mean, they need to, they need to get out of that 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 bubble that they they have, and realize that number one, it's the it's the dead period right now on the NFL calendar. There isn't a whole lot going on. So when one of the game's top five quarterbacks, I consider him to be a top five quarterback, when he is saying, "Hey, you know what." I'm not demanding a trade, but if I was to be traded, these are the four teams that I want to go play for, and one of those teams is the Raiders. Well, when you get on, when you when you tune into Raider Nation Radio, or when you tune into, or when you click on a, a Raiders website, you you have to expect to see that there's going to be some sort of story on that topic. That's just the way it works. What do you want us to do? Just avoid the topic because you know some people may not want to hear. It. I just don't think that's fair. So no, uh, that's the way I see it. And, and by I, the way, I agree with you. And by the way, people read first before you comment, okay? So then our sister, silverandblacktoday.com, our website, okay? Um, we are on a network of websites, and, and our network partner has a big national all-sports website called Sportsnot, N-A-U-T dot com, right? Sportsnot.com. And on Sportsnot, they did a story because the overseas gambling books already put odds, like they put odds on everything, right? They could put odds on how many how many idiots will tweet about whatever. I mean, they do everything, right? The, the prop stuff we talked about in the Super Bowl. So they put odds on where Russell Wilson would end up if he's traded. The key word is if. And the Raiders led the way. They're like five to one. Okay, now I, why that is, I have no idea. Probably because they know Raider Nation will pay attention. Raider Nation will create buzz around the fact that they're offering odds on where Russell Wilson will end up. So I tweet out the story and I get some kook who's like, oh, why don't you take a book from Mike, from uh, Adam Schefter on how to be a journalist? It's like, dude, did you read the piece? I didn't say anything other than the story about them taking odds and the Raiders were leading the odds. I mean, folks, read your stuff. I don't mind if you disagree with me. Call me and disagree with me, too. I don't care. I really don't care because I'm not right about everything. I'm married 25 years. Trust me. I'm always wrong. <laughs> right. But yeah, but read I, the stuff first. Too. Yeah, exactly. But read the stuff first. All right. We're going to go out on the phone lines. Our good friend down under Rossi is on the line. Rossi, what's going on, man? I love it when you get emotional. It, it <laughs> makes me very happy. It makes me very happy. I'm actually just looking at those odds now. We've we've come in. We're we're now um, three to one. Three to, to one uh, to to pull wow. to, to pull this off. So why are you going to that uh, clickbait, Rossi? Well, I like betting first and foremost. But, <laughs> um, but the interesting thing, and and you and Evan have already touched on this. This isn't and. If you remember the big explosion when Vinny was talking about trading Derek Carr, like that's a that's a guy within the Raiders that has said, "Hey, Derek Carr could get traded if Indianapolis." Could. Like, if, if you read the whole article, it's a great article. This is actually Russell Wilson dictating the narrative, yes. and the Raiders fans should be excited if this is a possibility. Now, in the real world, hell no, contract through the roof. It's going to take three firsts. Obviously, Derek goes. It, it, it does, it's not a good business decision. Mm-hmm. But it's not the Raiders that are drumming this up. This is Russell Wilson. He also says the Jets, the Cowboys, the Dolphins. Yeah, great. All, all have quarterback issues. We don't, but we do have but we do have the best opportunity if he goes. But I, I'll say this to you guys. If I was the Seahawks, I'd be firing the head coach before I trade Russell Wilson. <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, that, when you have – and that's, a, that's, the point, that's the point I'm hearing from Raider fans too, Rossi. It's funny you bring this up because, look, if you have a, a generational franchise-type quarterback – who is technically in their prime. I know he's 33 years old. He wants to play a lot longer. 
and and you can't come to some solution with them. You know, Deshaun Watson's young. It's a little bit different down there, and their their organization is trash. But with this situation, yeah, it, it I've seen a lot of people say that, and I agree with it because you really need to figure it out there. And and I think as bad as it seems right now, I think they probably will figure it out up there. But at the same time, all of the teams that have been named on there, if they didn't pick up the phone, they would be crazy not to. Can, can I ask you a question? And I'd love to get both your opinions on this, which is, do you feel that back in, back when I first started watching in the 80s, 90s uh, and everything else, it was always very much a coach-driven league. Uh, players did what they were told. I feel like the... the the league has shifted towards a really big player power now, almost to the point where it's NBA style. I want to, I, I fully expect in three years' time a super team. And I, you could almost arguably say the Bucks certainly did that. But I feel like there's all of a sudden there's just going to be one team that has so many superstars that take minimum salary that, that they can afford because of uh, the cap issues. But with, this shouldn't be a player-driven league, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, they should absolutely be rewarded to uh, as much as what an owner wants to. But I just feel that a quarterback having, and this goes to Deshaun as well, a, a quarterback having input on player personnel about who the 50, 53rd, 54th, and 55th player on the practice squad is going to be, <laughs> I... I it just takes too much away from, mate, just game plan for, for next week's game against the 49ers or next week's game against the Broncos. Yeah. And, and Rossi, I, I, listen, I agree with you. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing athletes uh, want more control. And, and to your point, they should have some. And, and in the NBA, we've seen what it's, do- what it's done. Um, I don't see it happening as, as, as drastically in the NFL. And Evan, I'll get your view on this in a second. In the NFL, because of the size of the rosters and because of the, you know, you can't, yes, Tampa Bay put together those players and, and you had guys come to play with Tom Brady, right? But you're talking, but in the NBA, you literally, LeBron, what they did in Miami with three guys, it turns around your whole roster in one fell swoop. I think with the NFL, it's a little more difficult. I also think that when you look at the NFL and, and it's, it's, it's direction towards the players having a little more control, it's really mostly limited to the quarterback and it's limited to a, a handful of guys. Russell Wilson happens to be one of them. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Tom Brady, right? You have some of those guys who have not only the leverage because of their contracts, but also the leverage because of their performance on the field. So they're able to do that. But I don't see that. I don't see the ability to do that widespread in the NFL as I do in the NBA. Do you agree, Evan? Yeah, I, I think you touched on a great point there, being the position of the players kind of demanding these trades. I have said many times on this show and on my podcast that the NFL has been and always will be a quarterback-driven league. That's the way I see it, and this is just another example of that. We're talking about two quarterbacks who I said, uh, I believe both of them are in, are in the top five in the league, at least this past season. They're two of the, the highest-paid players in the league, and I think with that, these guys think they deserve a little bit more say in what's going on. And and to be honest, I'm I'm not shocked by it. I'm surprised we, we didn't see more of this kind of happening sooner. As we mentioned, we've talked about it, uh, how it happens quite often in the NBA. And I, I think it's something we're going to see more and more often in the NFL. But I think it, it has to come from the quarterback because, again, they are the most pos- uh, important position uh, in the game. So I, I think they do carry a little bit more weight when they say stuff like, I want to have some say in personnel. And I, you know what? I think they've earned that. I, I think the players have, have earned the right to have a little bit more say in what's going on with these teams. Yeah, and Rossi, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. As always, that opens up a phone line, 702-365-9200 is the number. You can call in throughout Raider Nation and get on and talk to Evan and I. Tell us what you think of the Russell Wilson situation. And, and overall, this whole idea around players dictating not only player personnel, but in the case of if you read the story uh, on The Athletic, again, we're going to talk to Mike Sando, one of the authors of that story, coming up at 3 o'clock. Um, if you see it in there, he, you know, they want input on on scheme even 
Uh, and so it's not just on player personnel, but it's also on scheme. So there's a lot, lot at play there. And you know, Scott, Scott Rossi. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Rossi got me thinking about two things that he when he was talking about there, and I want to throw them out there for you see, see what you think about it. Uh, two of the points that he made were, were were the trade compensation that it would take to get a guy like Russell Wilson, and he also mentioned the contract. Mm-hmm. Now, the two points that I made making here is that number one, the trade compensation, we don't really know what it would cost. We've heard some speculation on what it might take to get um, Deshaun Watson. We've heard possibly four first round picks. He's 25 years old. Russell Wilson, as you said, is 33 years old. I don't think it's going to take as much trade compensation to be to be honest. With I, you. I don't think it's going to take three. I don't think it's going to take three first round picks. I think they're going to be asking for a lot less. Um, so that was the one point that I made. And then you talked about the contract, and I want to. And this is geared specifically towards the Raiders. I'm looking at. Um, Wilson's contract right now. Don't get me wrong. It is. It's a huge contract. Thirty-two million dollars um, cap hit in 2021. It goes up to thirty-seven in 2022 and forty million in 2023. But we've heard some rumors about a possible extension for Derek Carr right now, somewhere in the neighborhood neighborhood of thirty-five million dollars. So, to me, when I look at okay, Derek Carr for thirty-five or Russell Wilson for thirty-seven. I'm taking Russell Wilson at that price, you know. So, so that's just two two things that came to my my mind yeah. when he, he was talking. Yeah, and and also on the contract, people see that number. Look, the the bigger issue is not his contract because even when you do a trade, you could even do you could even restructure the extension that he got, the contract he has with Seattle, give him more money up front to reduce the cap hit later on down the line. Okay, so you can do that. The problem is. If the if the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson before June first, it's a thirty six million dollar uh, hard cap hit for them. And then if it's after June first, I think it goes down to like twenty six million. So so that that is a bigger issue. But again, it all depends on on what they're looking to do and whether or not it's a repairable situation in Seattle. I I really believe if I had to bet today, I really believe that they will find a way to work it out in Seattle. But that said. Teams like the Dolphins, teams like the Bears, um, they have the ability to – the Bears are close. They need a quarter. They don't have a quarterback on the roster as of right now. So, so they, they could end up giving the Seahawks more than the Seahawks are even asking if, you know, or, or they can ask a, a huge price and get it. And if they can get it, believe me, if I'm Seattle – Especially with Miami, if you're going to give me two as part of the deal, and you give me a number one and a, a number two or something like that, I might do that because I get a franchise quarterback. Seattle, in return, gets a young quarterback in the same mold as Russell Wilson, by the way, who can actually throw better. I think Tua, um, and 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 it makes a lot of sense. So it, all this stuff is speculation, I know, but you're right. I think that when you look at it from a Raider perspective, or you look at it from some of these other teams, what we think are impediments, there's certain Certainly concerns, but there's always ways around it. There are people inside the building I'm sitting in now whose entire job is to figure out how you get around the salary cap. And I say get around not to circumvent it, but instead to play within it. And if they can do that, then you have to consider it. So how anybody thinks that this story is not a story throughout the NFL and, of course, with the teams that are uh, rumored to be on that list is beyond me. So we'll see. But I want to hear from you guys. 702-365-9200 is the number. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined at the bottom of the hour by Alan Pupar. He is the publisher of the All Dolphins website, SportsIllustrated.com's dedicated Dolphins website. We'll talk to him about the Dolphins being and Miami being. And Miami makes sense to me, not only for from a playing perspective, but his wife, Sierra, an entertainer, Miami is, is, a, is a vibrant entertainment capital. It's, 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 it's one of those situations like Las Vegas where it's not just an NFL city, but there's so much more going on. So that's why I think it makes sense there, too. So we'll talk to Alan Pupar after the break. You're with Evan and Scott here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. All right, welcome live from the Raiders headquarters, worldwide headquarters in Henderson, Nevada. We're in this beautiful studio. I tweeted out pictures of it. I just love this place, man. 
I will miss coming here. This is this is so cool, uh, not only from a technical standpoint, but just uh, the entire facility just being in. We can only walk a f- certain level here because of obviously the COVID restrictions in place uh, here for the Raiders, but just phenomenal, beautiful place. And we're glad to be with you from here today on Silver and Black Today, always powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Check them out at samandashlaw.com because you deserve what's best. You can get on the phone, too. Tell us what you think of this Russell Wilson talk and all that we talked about in the first segment, 702-365-9200. Before we get to the phone calls, though, we're going to go to our first guest. We go out on the Newsmaker line, and we bring in Alan Pupar from All Dolphins. He is the publisher there, one of Sports Illustrated's great team-specific websites, and he joins us uh, from South Florida. Alan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing fine, Scott. I am looking at your pictures here that you tweeted. It looks like a very, very nice setup, I have to say. Yeah, it is. It's pretty. It's nice. I wish I could do this in my house. Uh, but nonetheless, um, listen, let's jump in on this. Clearly, you know, we're talking about we're going to talk to Mike Sando at the top of the hour, one of the guys from The Athletic who wrote this story uh, about this lengthy story about Russell Wilson and, and the fractured relationship with the Seahawks. And of course, the teams that he has reportedly okayed trades to, if it gets to that point, one of those teams is the team that I said, actually, in talking to a good friend of mine on Monday, to me, the team that made the most sense for Russell Wilson, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but that was the Dolphins. And so you you talked about this and wrote a story about the Dolphins being linked to Wilson. And I want to start there because you look at the Dolphins and uh, com- coming off a great year, Brian Flores continues and the organization continues to really turn that franchise around. They have a very good young team, a couple more wins, and they're in the playoffs last year. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa struggled at times, showed promise at times, uh, and and uh, so the, the, the idea that he's not a good quarterback is not what this is about. And I find similarities, Alan, because since the Raiders were also mentioned in the story as, as an approved destination, of course, you know that in Raider Nation, Derek Carr is a polarizing figure. And so there's some similarities here. And I want to start there because this is not that Tua is not a good quarterback or can't be a franchise starting quarterback, is it? Well, no, but the big thing is, and I would certainly differentiate between this situation and the Raiders in, in that Derek Carr has a body of work. Correct. Where if he may may not be Russell Wilson, but he's pretty good. Whereas Tua, you're basing everything on hope and the expectation that he's going to become what you want him to become. But unfortunately, there weren't enough signs last year that it's a sure thing or anything close to a sure thing. So if the opportunity presents itself, to make a deal for a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson, then the Dolphins would be absolutely foolish not to explore the possibility and then at that point decide whether the asking price is too prohibitive, that it makes no, it makes no sense. Uh, but again, when you're dealing with a quarterback of that type, uh, that that's a pretty good part of the equation if you're trying to build a, build a Super Bowl team. Hey, Alan, it's Evan. You know, you mentioned Deshaun Watson as another potential uh, trade piece sh- should he become available. And we've heard some speculation about what it might take to get a Deshaun Watson. We've heard four first-round picks is kind of a starting point. Uh, keep in mind, he is about, what, seven, eight years younger than a Russell Wilson. W- what type of compensation would you expect in return for a Russell Wilson? Yeah, if you're looking, if you're basing it off of what Watson would command, I think you would have to expect a little bit less from Wilson because of the age difference uh, in terms of ability. Uh, I'd say these last couple of years, they're they're pretty close. So so everything you're basing it off of is the age difference. I I'm, would suspect the Seahawks would would probably push for three first round picks or the equivalent of three first round picks. So when you're talking to the Dolphins, for example, does that mean? Tua, the third overall pick, and let me throw out a name out there because uh, the Dolphins have a situation that's going to be brewing with Xavier Howard. Does he get thrown into the mix at some point, and is he worth the equivalent of a first-round pick plus? Because uh, the guy was absolutely lights out last year. So that kind of uh, that kind of trade proposal, if the Dolphins threw out number three pick Tua and, and Xavier Howard. Would that not be enough to satisfy the Seahawks? Obviously, that's a question for them. 
Alan Pupar from All Dolphins joins us here on Silver and Black today. We're talking about Russell Wilson and possibly uh, Miami, the Dolphins, as those are one of the reported destinations that he would accept a trade to. I mean, Alan, you look at uh, you look at uh, Wilson and what he's been able to do. He's he's reached the playoffs in every single year of his career except for one. Uh, and and really, you know, the way the Dolphins have been going, and of course, the Dolphins have a lot of draft capital. They have a lot to offer there. Um, but when you look at this, I've looked at this situation too, as I'm sure you have, is not only the fit for a player on the field and with the team, and certainly Russell Wilson, I think, would fit nicely with what Miami's doing, but also there's no secret. I mean, him and his wife, Sierra, are on the cover of GQ as this love couple this, this, this month. Uh, her career and his career, their contract with CAA for business stuff outside of football is also a big concern of theirs and a big focus of theirs. And clearly Miami uh, would be is a destination city. It's a destination area and and so that sort of thing might factor into where if if he was going to be traded again if he was going to be traded that might factor in too so so Miami has those intangibles as well doesn't it oh no question and Miami's a destination for any player who's out there because of the locale where, where you're talking about and what you mentioned there on top of that you're dealing with a team that's on the rise with a head coach that's proven in his first two years on the job that he knows what he's doing, uh, ten and six last year with an offense that was at best functional, uh, even though the final product is they 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 scored more points than the team had scored since 1986, and yet the perception if you talk to anybody who watches Dolphins is their offense is lacking weapons like crazy. Well. Look at that team from last year. Stick Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, that quarterback on that team, and tell me they're not going 12-4 and four and making the playoffs. So this is the appeal for them that maybe that's the piece they're missing to get over the hump. And for somebody from the outside, you're looking at a team that looks like it's ready to win big. And on top of that, you're dealing with Florida, Miami, with the, the, the glamour of Miami. And on top of that, oh, by the way, no state income tax. <laughs> Yeah, that's the same. I mean, obviously, that's what people talk about with the Raiders now being here in Nevada is the fact that we don't have state income tax either. And clearly, Las Vegas, a destination city as well. But like you said, the Raiders have a quarterback who has a track record of success and has has shown success consistently at the NFL level. Um, But I also know that, you know, you pointed out some of the negatives that I think people bring up about how this might. And you just mentioned some of it, too. This might hurt the Dolphins because suddenly they need more talent on offense, which you've already refuted a little bit and you can see uh, just by watching them, as I did in, in town here last year. But also this idea that cap space, and, and, and Evan mentioned it earlier in our show, the idea that he comes with these big cap numbers, but when you look at Russell Wilson, the final year of his contract, he'll be making $40 million. But if you look at the average top 10 quarterback right now in the NFL, they're being paid between 35 and 40-some million. Of course, Patrick Mahomes blew everything out of the water. But that doesn't preclude the Dolphins either from playing, and this does it. No, and, and this is, to me, so blown up, this, this notion of, like, you can't bring on Wilson or Watson because you won't be able to build a team around them because they take up too much cap space or they'll cost you too much in draft capital. I, I'm sorry, the, the salary cap gets massaged and maneuvered and mm-hmm. twisted and adjusted all over the place all the time. And then once in, in, a, in a few years, you'll have a team that's really against it, and then they, they pay the price for having maneuvered i.e. what's going on with the Steelers this year and what they have to do with Ben Roethlisberger. But more often than not, they make it work. Come on, I mean, Patrick Mahomes' cap number is going to be crazy in a couple of years. I, I don't see the Chiefs really like pulling their hair out trying to figure out, oh, my God, how are we going to feel the competitive <laughs> offense because of Mahomes' cap number. So I think that's massively overblown. Um, you, to me, bottom line is point blank. You get the chance to get a quarterback like Russell Wilson, Wilson or Deshaun Watson you go for it, no questions asked. Because, again, we didn't see enough last year from Tuatango Vailoa to really give you a massive comfort level that he's the guy and he's going to be an elite franchise quarterback. Because if that were the case, I think by now the Dolphins might have come out and logically squashed anything. Uh, the only thing that they've said basically was after the season – the GM, Chris Greer, and Brian Flores had a press conference. This was two or three days after the regular season ended. And they were asked a question point blank is Stu are your starter in 2021. And at that point, the logical thing to say is Tua is our starter because if you don't say Tua is our starter, 
you're opening up a whole can of worms, whatever the expression sure. is. So the thing to say is, yes, towards our starter. Well, he said that on January 5th, and if they wind up trading for for Wilson or Watson and somebody comes back and goes, well, you said Tua was our starter. Well, he was our <laughs> starter when I said it. So, I mean. No, you can't win as a coach in the NFL with that. I mean, we saw that in, in San Francisco this week, too, where where uh, they were they said, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. Well, that is today. It doesn't mean it can't change next week. Correct. Yeah, he's our starting quarterback until we find a better one. I mean, that's <laughs> Yeah, it's a really easy thing to say. And and again, like I said, none of this, we wouldn't be talking about any of this if Tua had been lights out. And I have Dolphin fans on Twitter telling me, well, how come the the Bengals or the Chargers are never mentioned as possibilities for Watson and Wilson? Well, that's because the Bengals and the Chargers feel pretty damn confident that they have their franchise quarterbacks and that Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will be those guys. And the Dolphins, I'm sorry, you do, cannot have that same confidence level at this point. Alan, let's let's say a, a trade doesn't work out for a Russell Wilson or a, or a Deshaun Watson. Do you have any inclination that there's a possibility they d- may decide to move on from Tua after one year and use that number three overall pick to, to go after a quarterback? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Uh, my my sense is the only way they would do that, and again. What they would do is if they can't pull the trigger on either one of those two trade scenarios, they would evaluate every quarterback in the draft. And if they come to determine, and I think that's what they, they should do, and if they come to determination that either a Zach Wilson, who is the one I like the, mo- the most after Trevor Lawrence, that the Zach Wilson is clearly better than Tua, then I think you're doing the whole team franchise a disservice by not taking him because you took a quarterback fifth overall last year. To me, you bring in the competition and then let him play it out. And then at, at that point, you have a commodity that you can trade for something else. The Dolphins took Ryan Tannehill, if I, if I may do a little quick Dolphin history here, eighth overall in 2012. He basically won the starting job by default as a rookie because David Garrard, who looked like he was going to be the starter, blew out a knee playing in the backyard with his kids, some kind of weird incident like that. <laughs> and then for year upon after year, the Dolphins never brought any competition for Tannehill. And then seven years or eight years, six years later, the Dolphins have been seven and nine, eight and eight every single year, and Tannehill's been serviceable, but nothing more. And the last thing the Dolphins can do now is do the same thing and decide, well, we got to give two a shot and make it everything build around two every single year and then wind up five, six years down the road, and he's been serviceable. Yeah, interesting stuff. And, and, and Alan, before we let you go, um, when you look at this situation, and clearly we, we keep hearing the Dolphins come up in these conversations, today it's obviously because Wilson put it on the short list of teams he'd be willing to, to be traded to, but how serious do you think uh, the concern with that position is inside the Dolphins building, and how serious do you think they are about looking for options uh, outside of Tua right now? Uh, well, it's serious that it's, it's the biggest piece of the puzzle of everything they're doing. They, they, uh, they undertook this massive rebuilding project in 2019, basically scrapped the entire roster of, of bad contracts of guys who were making too much money for their production, and they were very methodical. Last year they added a whole bunch of, of, of players and got themselves to where they could go 10-6, and six, but they're not taking the next step until the offense takes the next step reaches the next level and for that to happen they need better quarterback play uh and having said that their better their best quarterback last year was clearly ryan fitzpatrick and he wasn't close but he's not coming back because he wants to be a starter and that's not happening with two around so without question they're going to be very methodical and very serious about evaluating the quarterback position exactly how they feel about two that only they know what we do know is they pulled him out of a couple of games last year while he was in his rookie season, which which was kind of unusual, mm-hmm. um, and he would have gotten likely gotten pulled out of the season finale at Buffalo also if Ryan Fitzpatrick hadn't been on the COVID list. So right. I think there's some major, yeah, there's some major valuation going on. I think I'd be fairly surprised if they replaced Tua with somebody else other than a Watson Wilson type, or. Like let's say one of the quarterbacks in the draft, if they if they evaluate and decide that Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, whoever it might be, is clearly better than Tua. Their guy. All right. 
Alan Pupar from All Dolphins. You can check them out on Sports Illustrated's website, series of websites that cover the NFL team. Alan, thank you so much. We appreciate you being so generous with your time today. You got it. Anytime, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. There you go. All right. So, so Evan, you know, Alan brought up some really good points there. And, and it's interesting because he pointed out when I talked about the similarities, because they're, they're very loose similarities between the Dolphins and Raiders as far as um, having a quarterback. You know, Derek Carr clearly has got seven years of, and a track record and numbers that you could show that he's capable of being a good starting quarterback in the NFL, where Tua does not. Uh, but it also goes to show, and again, it's kind of been a theme for for me all week here on the show has been that the NFL has changed and and even though you are a very good starting quarterback in the NFL or you were drafted in the first round last year to be the franchise quarterback it doesn't matter anymore if a team feels they can upgrade and it can help them win now and help them s- and significantly accelerate their process towards winning a championship they're going to do it yeah, and we, we've heard John Gruden and Mike Mack talk about that. If there's a chance to upgrade at any position, they'll look into it, even if it's at quarterback. And I think that's a smart way to, to run your team. And I think that the situation with these two quarterbacks in particular are – they're, they're top five quarterbacks in the league right now, and it's not every day that you have an opportunity to trade for a 25-year-old quarterback entering his prime like Deshaun Watson or a, a 33-year-old Russell Wilson who is, a, you know, if it wasn't for a, a bad offensive play call, a two-time you know Super Bowl champion. So uh, these opportunities don't come about every day, and, and you know when the teams see those players coming available, they're going to do whatever it takes to go and get them. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, we're going to go back to the phones and hear what Raider Nation has to say about the Russell Wilson and the fact that the Raiders were named as a team that he would accept a trade to. How does that make you feel as a Raider fan? Does that make you want Russell Wilson? Does that make you at least feel, say, hey, uh, this brand, this team still at the forefront of the NFL despite not winning for several several years uh, with the Silver and Black. So you get on the phone, 702-365-9200. Don't just sit there and stew in your car and tweet ridiculousness. Get on the phone. Have the debate. Let's do it here on Raider Nation Radio with Scott and Evan on Silver and Black today. If you believe Tom Brady did fumble and that Franco Harris didn't catch that pass and call it the immaculate deception, then you found the right place. This is Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Welcome back, Raider Nation. Silver and Black Today live today from the Raiders Worldwide Headquarters in Henderson, Nevada, right off Raiders Way, St. Rose Parkway, the cross street, right across from the airport. I'm watching a plane land right now. Nice touchdown, by the way. Uh, we're I wish back. I was on that plane. <laughs> we're back. Scott Colbranson, along with my co-host, Evan Grote. We're talking Raiders football. We're talking Russell Wilson today. It's the subject of the day. He said, one, Raider, reportedly, the Raiders are a destination he would accept a trade to. And by the way, Evan, just about 10 minutes ago, uh, the same gentleman who wrote the story about Russell Wilson, of course, Mike Sando, who's one of the co-authors of that big story that's lighting the NFL media on fire today, he's going to be with us at the top of the hour. So at 3 o'clock Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern, for those of you in Raider Nation listening on the app, uh, he's going to be with us here in about 10 minutes. So we'll hear right from one of the authors of the story. But the authors of the story, plus Vic Tafer, of course, who covers the Raiders for The Athletic, uh, just published a story about hypothetical trade offers from the teams mentioned for Russell Wilson. Okay, so this again, all hypothetical. We don't have the combine that was supposed to be this week, so we have something to talk about. Uh, but here's here's what the guys came up with, Evan. I want to get your reaction. Um, and they said, okay, for a Raiders offer, they said, what can they offer in a trade? So they say Derek Carr. Since he's a top 10-ish quarterback, they call him, he makes only $19.5 million this season So, because the Seahawks don't want to take any more salary on. If they, if they were to part ways with Russell Wilson, they'd eat some salary on the cap, so they have to be able to watch what's going on. Then a first-round 2022 draft pick, plus second-year guard John Simpson, who they say would start for the Seahawks, and then toss in Tanner Muse. What's your reaction to that one? 
Tanner Muse? <laughs> that must have been I, Vic. <laughs> I don't know. I must have been. Vic actually has a note in here. I'll read it in a second, though. But 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 yeah. So so that. What would you think of that offer? So we're, repeat that. So we have a Derek Carr. Derek um, Carr. A twenty twenty two first round pick. And, so and one John first Simpson. Right. One first round pick and John Simpson. Tanner Muse is a throw in. Tanner I guess. Muse. Tanner Muse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that's a, I think that's more than fair. Um, you're, you're getting an upgrade at quarterback, um, which you know I don't care what anyone says. He he is an upgrade. I know he's a few couple years older. Um, you're only giving up one first round pick. I heard many people say when we were talking about Deshaun Watson, no, you can't give up three first round picks. You can't give up four first round picks. What if I told you you could give up one first round pick, John Simpson, um, swap quarterbacks? W- would you be willing to do it? I-, I think you do. I think you do, and I think that that's what sets the Raiders above all these other teams that could possibly be involved is they have the quarterback that they can trade. We talked about with plug Allen. and play. Yeah. Plug and play. I, I guess, I guess the Cowboys could offer that as well with Dak. I think he would be a guy if, if they would be willing to move on with him. I mean, you could say he's, he's plug and play as well, but I do think that the Raiders have that, that, that chip that, that they can offer that nobody else can. So uh, yeah. th- that's, that's something to keep an eye on. Well, and for those of you worried about cap space, that that's where Vic had his note in this story says, uh, quote, the Raiders would only have 2.5 million salary cap hit if they move car. We know that they're over the cap now, but with the release of Tyrell Williams yesterday, if they were to release Joyner, Mariota, and Trent Brown, they'd fr- free up plenty of space uh, to fit in Russell Wilson's contract with, with if Derek Carr were to go. So, so that's their hypothetical. For the Bears... Um, really, they, they say the 20th pick in the trade, uh, or excuse me, in the draft, uh, as well as Nick Foles um, and uh, Jalen Johnson, and the 21-year-old cornerback who was, who's on a rookie contract. So Chicago's deal, I mean, listen, Nick Foles, to me, I know he won a Super Bowl and the MVP, all that stuff, but I, I, do, not, I do not think Nick Foles is anywhere near as good as Derek Carr. So to your point about offers... Um, that one doesn't sound as good to me, but the draft picks could come into trade there. With the Saints, I'm not even going to read it because I think this is ugly because, like, you don't get a quarterback from the Saints. I mean, the only quarterback they have that they could trade you is Taysom Hill. <laughs> I don't think Pete Carroll yeah. thinks he's going to win with Taysom Hill. Now, the, the Cowboys are the other one. If, if they somehow sign Dak Prescott to an extension and then turn him around, that might be a situation. Right, and that's what I said. Yeah, I mean, if if Dak could somehow get involved in the mix, then I, I think the Cowboys might have a, a better a, a better uh, deal to offer. But uh, as it looks right now, I still think the Raiders have one of the better uh, better offers to make. And, and one thing I want to I want to throw out there, and you know, it's about what what Wilson. Uh, I was, I'm going to refer back to Mike Sando's article because I did read that. I know we're going to speak with him in just a moment. But one of the things that Wilson. Um, supposedly is a little bit unhappy about is um you know the conservative offense and, and that's what uh, mike talks about in his piece you know the pete carroll has that mentality he wants to be a run first offense wants to protect the ball i'm not sure if he's going to get anything different with john gruden in the raiders i mean gruden he he tends to like to be a little bit conservative wants to run the ball wants to control the clock similar to what Pete Carroll's philosophy is there. So I'm not sure if the Raiders are the best fit for him, if that's what he's looking for. If he's looking for the offense to be based all around him, airing the ball out, you know, throwing the ball 40 times a game, putting up huge numbers, winning MVPs, I'm just not sure if that's the right fit with John Gruden and, and his type of play calling. You know, that's that's the first thing I mentioned this morning, too, when I was talking about it with somebody else, Evan, was, boy, that in reading Mike's story, and we'll ask Mike about that here at the top of the hour, is would he be in the same situation? here. Uh, I mean, unless John Gruden, if they were going to make a move and John Gruden told Russell Wilson, listen, you're going to be more involved and we're going to change the offense up, that would be a different story. But I don't see that happening. I think I think from that perspective, Pete Carroll and John Gruden have similar philosophies. Their, off, their offenses are different, I understand, but their philosophies are very similar. 
So uh, we'll have to see. All right, we're going to get one caller in here before the top of the hour. Coming up next again is Mike Sando, the author, one of the co-authors of the big athletic piece today on Russell Wilson. He's our guest at 3 o'clock. But first, oh, no, we lost Brian. Yeah, Brian's gone. All right, so we'll Brian, you call back in next hour, man. We'll get you in uh, on the on the phones here. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's the issue here. And and what we'll talk to Mike about, Evan, is is fits. You know, we'll, first we'll find out kind of a lot. I want to dive deep a little bit on the rift for Russell Wilson and what changed in Seattle. What used to be kind of a love fest up there. And a lot of claims from former players with the Seahawks that Russell Wilson was coddled. Uh, Oh, we got Brian back. Brian, you're on with Scott and Evan here on Silver and Black today. Brian and Henderson, what's going on, buddy? Scott and Evan, how are you guys doing? Good, brother. Doing well. Uh, I I like the idea, and and we're just speaking hypotheticals. Sure. Easy Raider Nation, you know, I'm not saying that. Let's go ahead and put everything together. But I think it'll be cheaper. Of course, in regards to uh, draft picks, getting uh, Russell, like everyone was saying, maybe just a first and a player maybe or a first and a third, whatever the case may be, because um, just think about it. Watson and Russell, they both never have had offensive lines. <laughs> Good you, point. You, you bring them here. We have one top five offensive line in the league, I believe so. But uh, even without Trent Williams, I mean Trent Brown. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think you know you can prolong Russell Wilson. He's a very intelligent quarterback. The only quarterback that I've seen that's probably just as smart as him is probably Peyton Manning. Um. So I mean, I do it. I do it in a heartbeat. Um. You know, it's going to cost a lot of money, but the draft picks. I mean, we've been. With with our draft picks, anyways, so yeah. I, I do that. Um, and plus, I mean, Q brought this up a couple of days ago when it first came up. You know, then maybe Sierra will probably a, a headline of one of these casinos. <laughs> uh, you know, what's probably a more a residency. Yeah, residency. I'm sorry. Yes, she would. Yeah. She would probably if Britney Spears should have one. Sierra can have one also. Yeah, so, no uh, doubt. No doubt. <laughs> No doubt. I mean, it's it's interesting fodder. And, and Brian, as always, man, we appreciate your calls. Thanks for calling in. Um, and, and, and there's no doubt. Listen, um, it, this is not saying that it'll happen. I, I, I still tend to believe that they'll figure it out in Seattle. Uh, but because it's out there, we're talking about it. Uh, one of our listeners, Sean Martin on Twitter, says he likes he likes Russell Wilson. Evan says he's a better player, but his cons- my concern is his "Quote unquote brand is important, and that he feels that he's putting that ahead of football. And I, I actually have that concern with Russell Wilson too. And I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. Um, but a lot of his talk—I mean, even even after the playoff loss, he was talking a lot in his press conference, like two or three times about his legacy. And it's like, well, your team just lost. Why are you talking about your legacy? Um, why don't you talk about the team and and figuring out how you win another championship? So we'll have to see. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Mike Sando from the Athletic NFL, one of the co-authors of the story that started this whole conversation across the NFL, across the country today. He's going to be our guest exclusively here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. Listen Saturday as the Brooklyn Nets host Luca, Boban, Kristaps, and the Mavericks. Saturday at 5 on ESPN Las Vegas.